Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Kiva Richardson, who is a cannabis advocate, holistic health coach, mother and Atlanta native. We're super excited to hear everything she has to say today. So please welcome Miss Kiva Richardson to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi Kiva. Hey, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us today. So let's just dive on in. Um, Kibas, tell us where your cannabis journey began. So it really, I would say, if cannabis was something I tried, of course, as like a teenager, and I wasn't really that into it young. But um, I think I started really understanding the benefits of it. I broke my ankle. And I was prescribed really strong pain medications and it made me feel sick. So mm. I kind of smoked cannabis the whole time I was recovering. And this was um, a really bad ankle break. I had to get surgery. I had to get a metal plate put in, still have a metal plate to this day. And that was what I used to help me get through that time because I was like in the house for like four months recovering from this injury. Oh, wow. And so oh, wow. at the time, didn't quite had never actually done the research, I should say, on the health benefits of cannabis, but knew that it was helping me. But um, I was also, too, at the time, I was kind of more into motivation speaking. I was going, like, to schools and things like that, doing a lot of speaking to, like, younger people about health, wellness. So it was something I struggled with, like, in terms of feeling bad about it. It was like I loved doing it, but it was, like, my little secret. I didn't really want people to know. It was something I would have yeah. never talked about or posted about publicly like you really had to know me and probably be in my house or in my family to even mm -hmm. know that I did it right yes yeah so several times I tried to force myself to stop and I was also at the time going through like more of a spiritual awakening journey and it was something I just really struggled with so after a while I just said you know what let me sit down and educate myself just from the top to the bottom and I think I'll be able to make a more informed decision on if this is something I want to continue doing right and oh my god I started doing the research and it was just like the floodgates open oh, I love it. and I was like this is it this is what I'm supposed to be doing I, I know this is it and I have to educate other people especially women on how we can use this to our benefit to help yeah. us with mm -hmm. so many different things so you know, I just decided, hey, I'm going to step out and I'm just going to be who I am authentically. Some people aren't going to like it and I just don't care. Yeah. So that's literally how it started for me. We that's can, amazing. We can relate with that totally. Yeah. That's how we started like our Instagram and like the podcast. Sab and I just like realized like, yeah, we're going to let people know how good this plan is and how it heals people. And it just passed in our state and we got to, we got to let everybody know about it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it was Absolutely. definitely with like my family. It's been like a huge stigma break that like, you know what, like this is, uh, especially on the medicinal side, educating myself and being able to speak educational words to back it up. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what they need is the hard big words to be like, oh, okay, she actually knows what she's talking about. <laughs> right. And like, I feel right. like for them, it's been a huge <laughs> thing to break that stigma. And now they're more open for me creating regimens for them and doing all these things with them that neither of my siblings have tapped into with my parents, which I think is really cool. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's amazing too. The same thing here. Both of my parents, um, have autoimmune illnesses and they both use it to help I love and that. that's it's, amazing it's definitely been quite the journey but I feel like the education is key um you know we live in like the most unhealthy country on the planet right. and so it's like 
most people need this for something that they're dealing with, whether it's stress, anxiety, depression, yes. pain, inflammation, PTSD. It's like, so, you know, I just feel like we have to speak out about it and not be coy or shameful or feel bad. It's right. like be proud about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's, it's that's a privilege kind of to, to have. Say something. Right. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's a privilege to have access to this plant for Absolutely. sure. So, Kiba, there's many Absolutely. ways to consume cannabis. So what kind of consumer are you? Like, do you like flour, edibles, concentrates? What's your thing? I am a flour girl. Yes. 100,000%. <laughs> Love that. Um, I think it, it's, it's for one, it's the original way. Yes, that's <laughs> absolutely. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a spiritual thing yeah. for me when I do it. And so, and then you get the full benefit from it. So I'm a flower girl. I think flower will always be my favorite way to consume. Yeah, I, I can't. That I honestly feel the same way. We've been dabbling into other things too, but yeah. flower is always the home base. I feel like I've been, I've, I've <laughs> right. kind of steered away from flower, but as of like literally this last week, I've like hard been like on a heavy flower craze. So I think I might go buy some flower today. Actually, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite? What do you yeah. do? You have like a certain strain that you like to go to? Um, I love OG, mm-hmm. but yeah. I also um have a great relationship with uh, Gas House. They're one of two Black-owned uh, cannabis, you know, cultivators that are on, like, a really high, like, multi-million dollar level, and they have a strain um, called Pluto, and, I mean, it is definitely out of this world. So <laughs> I'm an indica girl. Yes. I'm an indica girl, and, I mean, this stuff, like, it takes you there. You're done. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I love this it. job. <laughs> So it definitely does his job. Tell us what it's like in Atlanta and, and or in Georgia in general with the cannabis laws and like what it looks like for you guys because I'm sure it's way different than it is for us here. So Georgia, you know, this is the South. This is the Bible Belt. Um, it is not. It's, a lot of people here do it. It's, it's definitely Atlanta has a, a its own cannabis culture, but on the larger scale, no, it, it, the laws here are still very harsh. It's mm-hmm. still in the same category with, uh, other schedule one drugs. So mm-hmm. you can still get 10 to 20 years for a certain amount of cannabis here. And it's still frowned upon. Um, it's still viewed as like an illicit drug. So it is definitely not like, um, California or Colorado and places where it's, you know, people are more open-minded about it. So not yet, not here. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I, it's, yeah. I always love, love to hear how, where everyone's state is and like the progression just right. to see like what it's going to be like five years from now, even the work that you're putting in there and then to reflect on it. It's, it's going to be a really cool thing for you to be able to do. I feel like. I, I think so too. And I've just heard from people who are a little bit more like involved in the politics side, like, mm-hmm. They're like, Georgia will be one of the last states. Like, it will, you're going to have to pull them. Like, man, they were, are not willingly going to do yeah. it. They will be one of the, I've literally heard people say it will probably just become federally legal everywhere before wow. certain states like Georgia go, go ahead and just do it on their own. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I hate to so hear it that. Is no joke here. Yeah, I hate to hear that. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Now, on the hemp and CBD side, of course, is legal. It's open. That's nothing. But on the, the, the TAC marijuana side, absolutely not. Yeah. Interesting. So how do you feel like your cannabis journey has evolved from where you started to where you are now on the medicinal front specifically? Oh, man. Um, 
it is I've come a long way and I think the thing that I'm the most excited about is how many women I've been able to introduce this to. Women who never in a million years even considered it. Women who I've had testimonials from women who literally told me they had to like get on their knees and ask for forgiveness because they judge people so harshly for using it oh, prior wow. to the family. Wow. Yep, I had a, um, a customer who, you know, was in chronic pain every day and like said she would like demonize her kids, you know, like really judge them harshly and make them feel bad about using it and then she tried it and couldn't believe it. Wow. <laughs> and That's crazy. she now educates people in her community and she's older, so you know, it's a whole different mindset. Yes. She comes from the, the school of, you know, just say no and this is this is a harsh drug and it's right. gonna lead to gateway and it'll lead to other things. And so to see I'm like if somebody like this can shift and change, then I know that you know, we're on the right path. And that's for myself and everybody who's advocating and, and educating around this plant. So that's so cool. I think that's the, the, the best part about the journey so far is that when you, I feel like when you're passionate about something and you show up, you can really, really, really help transform people's minds. And that's what we have to do in this space. It's, it's a, right. you know, we were all brainwashed to believe something that is just not true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Spot on, honestly, you nailed it. <laughs> so I love that you're a holistic health coach, Kiba. I'm pretty holistic myself, but tell us what your routine is like with using cannabis from like the morning to your evening. What's it look like day to day? Um, so me, I use cannabis in different forms every single day. So I do consume the hemp and CBD side of the plant. I also consume THC and marijuana. So I wake and bake every single day. Yes, <laughs> as you should. I, you know, I typically, I typically get up, you know, I have like, I do my affirmations, I meditate, I, I write in my journal, and then I normally take a CBD, CBD tincture, and then I smoke. I, I, I rock out. I go ahead and take yeah. my joint. And I'm always uh, expressing gratitude. You know, one of my mentors taught me this, um, a few years back, just how you express gratitude to the ancestors who knew that this plant was the truth. Yes. You know, they were the ones that really knew the truth behind it and um, it's magic. So I'm always expressing gratitude, just like I'm just grateful that that I have access to it and that, um, you know, it helps me in so many ways. Yes. So I'm, I'm typically hitting, I'm smoking on a joint like typically all day. <laughs> I love that. I, I, my I, kind of girl, Kiva. <laughs> Right. So I like, like today, I'm definitely going to go to the park probably um, when we're done here and I'm going to smoke out again. So, and then I smoke before I go to sleep. Yes. And I also take a rest tincture sometimes before I go to sleep, just depending on how my day was. But it's something that I use all throughout the day. That's and amazing. then when I want to, you know, totally be in my, in my vibe, I'll smoke more, you know, like on the weekend, if right. I'm just trying to have a good time. You know, I use it. I feel like it enhances life. Like, I'm not dependent on it, but it makes things better. Food is better. Yes, when I'm out yeah. in nature, it's better. Music sounds better, you know? So it, it's like an enhancement, and I love that. Yeah, that's such a great way to put it. Cannabis just really makes everything in life better. Better, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kiba, where did your holistic journey begin? Have you always been that way, or was that something that's been ingrained in you as a kid or did you pick it up as an adult because I also saw you were like plant-based and stuff like that yeah so all of that kind of time right 
So I would say this, it, it was definitely, my family um, definitely ate healthier. My family from the West Coast and my family is also Muslim, right? So growing up, we did not eat pork. We didn't eat a lot of processed food or fast food. So me though, once I became an adult, I was kind of like a rebel. Like I want to eat all the things I couldn't eat. You know, all the yeah. things my mom never bought when I was a kid. So Relatable. once I got to college and, and got my own place, oh my God, I was a terrible fast food fried food just i ate terrible yeah. terrible 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 no fruits and vegetables nothing fresh everything pre-packaged um lots of processed food that was just kind of how i um i ate and i would say like in my late 20s i just really started noticing how i was feeling sluggish um i used to have migraines and headaches a lot and just low energy and i just didn't feel good like always like a stomach ache or just something like I just like why am I always feeling like this so I decided to and it was actually around the time I broke my ankle that's what's so crazy it's like I totally changed my lifestyle mm. while I was healing from this injury so it started with me watching documentaries I want to say I watched Food Inc and then from there it was oh my god let me watch Sports Over Eyes. let me watch <laughs> I just watched all of the documentaries on nutrition and I'm like oh my god so then I started reading books and watching things on YouTube and I said, you know what, I'm going to change my lifestyle like right now. And I challenged myself to go 90 days with just eating clean. And I also decided I wanted to stop eating meat. I'm like, I just want to see what this is about. Um, my grandmother on my mom's side, she was vegetarian my whole life. My older sister was vegetarian, but it was one of those things. I'm like, no, I'm never going to stop eating meat. I love eating meat. This is what I do. So I challenged myself, and within two weeks, uh, my headaches were gone. My skin started clearing up. I'm like, ooh, I feel good. Like, energy levels are high. So I was juicing, just just doing things totally healthy and just solely focused on nutrition because I couldn't exercise. I was still recovering from my ankle being broken. Mm. So by the end of the 90 days, uh, for one, I lost 20 pounds, and I was not trying to lose weight. Wow. Just realized, like, wow. You change what you're eating, your body will naturally start to get rid of what it right. doesn't need. Mm -hmm. um, headaches totally gone, skin totally clear, and it was the mental clarity I think that was just like, okay, this is a real thing. Yeah, what you put in your body really makes a huge impact on your life. I feel like so, yeah, that's. I feel like we're realizing that more and more, mm -hmm. like into like later, like the twenties. We're both twenty nine right now, yeah. but we. I feel like we've come to well, that. That was the age I was when it happened for me. I was twenty nine. Wow. I was about to say. I feel Wisdom, like I. Baby. That's what's happened to me this year. That's kind of been the journey yeah. that I've been going on, especially for as yeah. long as Brandon's known me, which I've never really been health conscious. It's no. not been ingrained in me by my family. Um, and so for me, this year has kind of been a journey of taking ownership of my own health and being more mindful of being, you know, what, what's mm -hmm. being put in my body and where I buy my fruits and vegetables from and all the things. So I, yeah, this has definitely been a journey for me. So I, I feel you on that. Yep. So I was 29 at the time I was in a relationship that I, I was actually married and I was married to somebody I knew I shouldn't be with. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot going on. And I, I now feel like me breaking my my ankle was kind of like some divine intervention that I needed right. because Sounds it like gave it. me time to sit down, mm -hmm. be calm and be still. I was in the house and it was winter time. I'm like, I had nothing else to do. And so I don't even know where this, it literally came to me like intuitively, start eating better. That is your way to change everything. So I just kind of followed that gut feeling and 
after my journey of eating clean, I started um, reading more books and just really going wow. on like more of a, a spiritual, like self-awareness journey. Yeah. Um, I ended up leaving my marriage and this is how I became like a health coach. I just was sharing on social media what I was doing personally. I would share my juices I was making every day, what I was eating. And then people started saying, well, can you help me? Like, right. <laughs> can you help me with this? And I'm like, cool. okay, I guess I can. So it just, it was something I never planned to do. It just happened for me going through the transformation in my own life. That's, that's awesome. so cool. And I love that everything happens so organically yeah. that that's the best mm -hmm. feeling is when things just naturally fall into place and you listen to your intuitions, even when you don't really know like right. what you're following, but you're like, okay, whatever this is, I just feel like it's right. And then you end up on the path that you are now, which is so cool. to You do. And on. You, you have to be, and it's scary to do that. I think it's easier said than done to say, you know, trust your gut, follow your, your, your instincts hard because, We'll want to talk our talk ourselves out of doing that, but I just said I just went with it. Like, let me just see what this is about, and like everything in my life totally changed. And I definitely know that me deciding to take ownership and accountability for my own health and wellness was was kind of like the catalyst to that whole change. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. That's incredible. so incredible. So, besides cannabis, Kiva, what are some non-negotiable like health-based rituals that you do daily? Um, meditation, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm not even the best meditator, I swear, but it's just something I, I'm just like, I'm going to still do it. Yeah. No, I, I feel, feel different if I don't. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can relate so 15 hard. Minutes, I might get a solid five where I was totally, uh, focused in just, just conscious, you know, right. concentrating on my in your element, but mm -hmm. I still do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I you're have, doing it. That's what counts. <laughs> right. Um, also exercising, like for me, exercise, I have to do it. It is like a, a huge, uh, relief right. for me just energetically and Same. creative just with my like creativity and, and being an entrepreneur, it's, it's, it's a huge way for me to release. It's almost like therapy for me. Same. If so I, exercising could, yeah. is something that I have to do. Um, also I love herbal tea. So I, I have to drink tea like every single morning like i have to start my morning with tea if i travel i bring my tea with me like that's how serious i am about tea <laughs> so what's it your blend my day to day what's your favorite blend of tea you know right now robio's tea is my favorite it's like a south african um tea and i Ooh. it's a brand called new me and it's, it's it's owned by a woman and they do a lot of um charity work throughout south africa so that's like my favorite tea right now I've, I've been drinking it? it now um, Robios is the herb itself, oh, okay. and it, it almost tastes, and it's like in the same um family with like chai, but it has a better mm. taste, a smoother mm. taste. So it's it's one of those teas you can like add um almond milk or like oat milk to it, and it's like super creamy. So it's just Ooh. it's my favorite. Um, Ooh, that sounds good. But I, I love peppermint tea. Um, I love um OCT. So I'm I have a variety of teas like in my cabinet, probably ten different. Maybe more than ten different teas right now, but Amazing. that's like my go-to. My go-to every morning. <laughs> Clean girl, I love it. And um, juicing, I'm a huge fan of juicing. That is how I really started to uh, change my lifestyle, and it also helped me develop the palate. I did not use like eating vegetables, yeah. so juicing was kind of how I opened myself up to like eating things like beets that I just hated at one point in time, like. 
there you couldn't have paid me right. to eat a beef probably about 10 years ago <laughs> see i've always wanted to juice i've just like mm-hmm. never I've, oh, it's kind of intimidating sounding but like not really <laughs> so and it sounds I think like a maybe, process like a, like a very kind of lengthy process until you get your groove down but like i really want to juice, and it is a process <laughs> yeah it sounds like a, from everyone that i've heard that juices they're like okay it's a you have you know you have to know what you're committing to you do and you me i have to just learn to love it Right. Yeah, I, know I had to really grow to love juicing. And I have a much better juicer now. So it's a cleaning process that sucks after you juice. Uh, yeah. um, but I have a cold press juicer now. It's a lot easier to clean. And then you get way more juice. That's the biggest part. People like, you juice all this stuff. And you just get this tiny little cup of juice. Um, with the cold press juicer, it like literally, it gets almost all of the juice out to where the pulp feels dry. Wow. So you get way more, um, you know, you have a bigger yield for the work that you put in. And it's easier to clean the juicer, too. Wow. Well, I'm going to look Good at enough. your page and stuff whenever I'm ready to do juicing. <laughs> so I use an Omega. Um, the brand is Omega. I use an Omega cold press juicer. Okay. Noted. And that's th- that. the process is much uh, better versus the, I used to just use a traditional, like, one you can just, like, go to Walmart or Target and get before. Okay. Um, but this one I ordered it offline, so I think that definitely makes a huge difference too. Okay. Wow. We're gonna have to do that. So, okay. So I see that you're also Kiba, a self-published author. What do you enjoy writing about? I'm curious. So this is another thing, y'all, that happened, and I was not planning for it to happen. I am not a writer. I had no um vision of myself writing uh, a memoir about my life like I did have kind of like the seed in my head like okay one day I think I want to write like some children's books and I and I really wanted to write children's books that had uh health and wellness at the focus but making it fun and something that kids could could get into but I was actually speaking for a nonprofit organization about a program I wanted to help them implement and I just told a brief part of my story, and one of the board members was a New York Times bestselling author and also a writing coach. So at the end of this presentation, he's like, you have a great story. Have you ever thought about, you know, writing a book and telling your story? And I'm like, H, no, hell no. Like, no, I'm private. You know, I don't really want to put my business out there. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not interested in that. So he kind of came again. I think you have a great story, and a lot of people could, could benefit from hearing this. So I decided to to write a memoir really about my life and more so my spiritual awakening journey and me finding who I really am and deciding to just be that person instead of trying to be this or trying to fit in and be what I'm supposed, you know, who I thought I was supposed to be. So um, I published a memoir last year on 420. Amazing. I have to check it out. That was um that's that's literally the first book and I I now that I've written one I do want to write another one but I feel like I'm living I'm still living the second book that I want to write because I only yeah. really see myself writing from that vantage point I mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely not a person who can write like a nonfiction book like I my older sister she's a a writer writer like uh, she can okay. write plays she can she can write anything. And I'm like, wow. see, I'm not that. That's a talent. <laughs> I yeah. can write about my story and that's it. I feel you on that. It's more of like you said, it's like your spiritual journey and that's, it's kind of like you're pouring your, into a journal. So it, it's, it's exactly. you feel it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That is really cool. So, but we, it was a great process though. Very therapeutic. 
I can imagine, especially like reliving your life it's and healing. like specific moments and even just reliving specific <laughs> memories as you're trying mm-hmm. to like write this book. I mean, in chapters of your you're life in sequence. Yeah. It's, it's really, I feel like that allows you to have so much growth too throughout the, your process. And you really see the growth. Cause I think sometimes we're so busy living life. Like we don't take the time to like, wow, look at how far I've come. Like mm-hmm. I used, I was this person before, but it's like, wow, this I'm doing something totally different. So the book was definitely, um, it was definitely therapeutic to write. It was hard though. Like one of the hardest things I've ever done just because you have to relive certain things yeah, and I'm think sure. about that. I thought about things. I'm like, God, I hadn't thought about that in years, but right. you know, so a lot of things came up like during the process, but I'm, I'm definitely grateful that I went, I went through with it. Mm-hmm. and put it out there that's good oh. it was a nice therapy yeah session. for sure that's cool so we are all here to break the stigma and advocate for the cannabis plant tell us about pretty women love cannabis and what your platform is all about so i once i decided you know i'm gonna be authentic i'm gonna be me and i would love to to have a tribe of women who are on the same page you know same vibration so I decided to start Pretty Women Love Cannabis. Originally, I wanted to just bring women together to talk about, to to really educate, entertain, and inform women about cannabis and all of the healing benefits. And originally, when I when I started it, I was solely focused on the the marijuana and THC side of the plant. Um, CBD was still, you know, you, it was talks of it, but it still wasn't just totally legal everywhere like it is now so it wasn't something that was accessible to everybody um where the masses kind of knew about it where now it's like a buzzword where you hear about it you see it everywhere mm-hmm. so um once I started kind of like using CBD in my personal life and seeing the results and benefits from it um I started educating about that side of the cannabis plant too because it's something that everybody has access to but the whole goal is just to um have a place where women feel safe, they feel heard, they can um, be proud about what they're doing and not feel shameful. And um, to just keep women in the loop of this is what how we can use this to heal from women have are dealing with way more chronic ailments for the most part, and especially uh, African American women. And with me being a holistic health coach prior to and working primarily with women, it's like I see all these health issues. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm dealing with women who have three, four, five sometimes different ailments that they're struggling with. And it's like you can use cannabis and eliminate like half of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was was the goal for me. It was always to have something um, and to educate from more of the health and wellness um, side of it. But also to have fun and to let people know this is you know you can have a great time with it too you know to me is nothing better than smoking out having great conversation eating food and listening to good music it's like it's a great way it's such a vibe enjoy right and you don't have anything to worry about you know you can't kill yourself it's no serious side effects right right? Yes. Um, so I feel like it's a guilt-free way to to actually have fun and have a great time yes I just wanted to to do that let's break the stigma through through education i guess that's that's the goal yeah what would you say has been the most surprising feedback you've gotten from starting your brand for me it's the testimonials you know i didn't really know what i was going to do with this platform um i honestly didn't even have the goal of having like we have the pre-women love cannabis online store 
that was something that just came, you know, it just, it kind of made sense to do it because so many people were asking me, well, where can I get this from? Where can I get that? So it's like, let me just do this and I'll, I'll have a place, a trusted place for people to come to get really good products. Right. Yeah. Right. But, um, for me, it's, it's a, it's a testimonial that I get like literally every day, DMs, emails from people that are like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm so happy I came across this page. I was dealing with XYZ and I tried this product and I can't believe it. Like I've had people send me testimonials that are very personal. Like, you know, um, people who were depressed, like on a really serious level or in pain. I had someone tell me one time, like they hadn't slept the whole night through in like 15 years. Wow. Right. Mm. So it's that it's like, wow, this, this is really something that is helping people transform their lives. Such a game changer. And I'm like, wow. Like, so I think that's, that's like the most surprising part, just um, the feedback. And then also, like I said, knowing that if you're passionate about something, you can definitely change the minds of people, even people who are hardcore yes. against mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yes, yeah. You, you could be doing, you're doing that in well, Georgia. Yeah, you definitely are. I mean, yeah. we, <laughs> a lot of what you're saying is kind of things that Brandon and I experience on the podcast side yeah. of it too, which really fills our cup and gives us like, reassurance that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and we followed the right intuition and it's cool to hear the same thing from you on your end and how it's filling Mm -hmm. your cup but also you're helping so many different people who haven't even tapped in and that's what I say really often is a lot of people I know haven't really even tapped into what cannabis could be for them because it's just they're still so surface level and I feel like you're helping take people so much deeper than surface level which is really changing their lives and I feel like that's so important especially being a woman because and we talked to somebody an older woman in the industry who had a CBD brand and she catered to older women after the age of like 40 50 because they often are they don't have a voice and it's specifically in cannabis, but just in life. And they're not guided because people often forget about them. That's kind of like a forgotten age group. And so it's cool that you're doing what you're doing for all age groups, because I feel like that's so important and so necessary. That's that's actually a a large part of who my audience is now. And so that's something else I learned. I originally thought I'm going to get the, the young cannabis culture type crowd. But I realized though, when you're doing it from more of a health and wellness perspective, it's going to be the women who are actually dealing with these issues that are going yes, to gravitate yes. toward it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think, I know senior citizens is one of the fastest growing populations for cannabis because seniors are in pain. They're on medications and they are sick of it. Yes. And so I've found that it's definitely more mature women who who really need the information because they are dealing with the issues that uh, cannabis can really help them with. So I've definitely learned that too, like who the real audience is when it comes to it from a health and wellness perspective, because I do think that you have different people. You have people who are really into cannabis culture where they love, they just love it. It's it's nothing to do with the health benefits. They don't even know the health benefits. They just love it because they love the way it makes them feel. And I think that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Um, However, for me, I'm like, I want to be able to uh, let women know this, this is not just something you have a good fun time with. This is healing. It's medicinal. Like even if you're using it recreationally, you're still medicine. Yes. First and foremost. Yes. Right? Yes. A hundred percent. 
hundred percent. So speaking from one woman of color to another, what's been the most challenging aspect about being a minority and a woman in the cannabis space? For me, I think because of the way I came into it, um, more so, see, I, I, my background was, was already like in digital marketing and digital entrepreneurship before. So oh, cool. I kind of knew the barriers, right? Mm-hmm. I knew like, this is, this is a game where you have to have an enormous amount of resources. Mm-hmm. This is a, an industry that's dominated by, by, you know, white males for the yes. most part. There mm-hmm. is no representation for, for color or women, barely. Mm-hmm. So I just, I kind of said to myself, what is the, what's, the easiest way for you to get your foot in the door with it. And so I knew it would be, okay, let me just start something online. Let me just start building a tribe online. And that's kind of what I did. So I, I haven't really ran into anything directly because I'm a woman. And then um, I was able to build a great relationship with the cultivators who I mentioned earlier that have the, the Pluto strain. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually from Atlanta too. And so they definitely opened up some doors for me, you know, connecting me with some great people too. So what I found is that once you get into it and you kind of find your tribe, mm-hmm. people are very open in this space. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That mm-hmm. people, you know, you do have some, some really cool people that have good vibes. Yeah. You just have to find them, hunt them down. You definitely have to find them. But I know if I had it gone the other way, like, you know, at one point in time, I thought oh, I want to have my own strain. I want to learn how to grow. It's like, I feel like that's where a lot of people are getting the door slammed in their face. And it's very hard. Yeah, I I feel that, especially sure. being especially being a woman, because the space is so mm-hmm. untapped by women. And when you come in, you know, really educational and knowing what you want in such a male dominated industry, it's you get a little pushback, a lot of pushback. You, actually. Do. you can. And so mm-hmm. it's it's. I I love to hear that perspective that you have and it's cool that you have you've been helped along the way because yes. it's true we say this often this community has so much love to share not just in Oklahoma but throughout the world you just have to find right. the people that are willing to ride for you mm-hmm. and riding for the right child. cause exactly and I've connected with some great women who are doing different things so happy I was able to, to connect with you guys so, yes. so like once you start finding that tribe it's like we we're all really in this for the same reason exactly you know? <laughs> and if one of us is growing all of us are growing because exactly. we're all so intertwined exactly. with one another as soon as our paths cross I feel like yes mm-hmm. so tell us about being a cannamom what's that like we have a lot of cannamoms that listen often and I know we hear this quite often where they feel guilty or shamed for, for consuming and like they're not being a pr- like there for their kid what's that been like and what's your journey been like with that and how have people around you responded to it well um my son is older so okay. what I did was once I decided to educate myself um my son was already at, at the age where teenagers are definitely doing their own thing they've already found it they're, yeah. they're already doing it with their friends mm-hmm. And I used to really, you know, get on to my son about it and kind of was trying to put in his mind that it was a bad thing uh, prior to me really educating myself. And even though I did it, it was something I did low key. Like my son never saw me do it, you know? Yes. I kind of kept it really hidden, really secret. Um, So I'm like, oh, no, you don't, you don't need to be doing this really on him about it. But once I educated myself, you know, it's, it's, it's um, almost what they say was like, preaching abstinence instead of preaching 
to your children, you know, just educating them on sex the right way. Yes. I feel like it's the same thing about, with, with cannabis. Mm-hmm. I sat him down and told him the truth about it and also let him know this is something that I do. And so we just kind of have that rapport with each other where um, he totally understands it. You know, my son definitely does his thing with it. And to be honest, as a mom, you know, and all moms are different. There are a lot of things teenagers can be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of dangerous yes. things teenagers yes. can be doing that they are doing, mm-hmm. you know, alcohol, pills, all kind of things that they that can kill them, that they can overdose on. So um, my son, he's not into any of that other stuff, but he is into cannabis. Good for him. He actually yeah. wants to learn how to grow, you know. Mm-hmm. He, um, watches all kind of stuff on YouTube. He has books on it. So I just decided to That's educate cool. him on it. You're yeah. good. And to not that. try to hide it or be like, oh, my God, this is, yeah. this is shameful. It's like, let me just be honest. And, you know, educate him too on on how to do it the right way how to be smart about it yeah I and feel, you know what to stay away from and things like that right. yeah that's really admirable and i find that parents especially people who are like in our generation our age i feel like the ones that are more open and more like hey this is what it is on an educational span st- front like like you said even with the abstinence thing I feel like Mm -hmm. their relationships are stronger with their kids. Like you and your son, I feel like from even just what you're talking about, you guys have a really open and good bond. And if he does something crosses his path or if he something, you know, that he doesn't want to do, he's going to be more likely to tell you about it. Like, hey, mom, this happened today versus being scared Mm -hmm. to tell you because you've built this open relationship with him, which I think is so admirable. And I strive to have that with when I have kids one day because it's so cool. Yeah, and it, and we do have that kind of relationship. Like my son, for one, most of the time when you have teenagers, they're not trying to have anything to do with their parents because it's normally that dynamic where your parents are telling you to not do all of the things that you really want to do. Yep. <laughs> so you feel like you can't be honest, you can't be open. So I just kind of decided to change that around. And my son talks to me about everything. He wants me to come with him to everything. He wants to be. Like, you know, my son really is like, mom, like, you're like a cool mom. You know oh, what I love that. And That's so it's dope. still respect, though, but it's like, let me just teach you about it instead of making you feel bad about it and also still knowing in my gut that you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, that's a great way to approach it. And I feel like as you guys get older, your bond's just going to get deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper, which is I mean, creating. that this all just started with one conversation. I feel like that you had and you were just open about what you mm-hmm. did. And now I feel like that trickles into all aspects of life in general from here on out, which is so freaking cool. Right. And I think if you just like for me, I just be honest with myself and you I think sometimes parents forget the things that like I know I definitely experimented for the first time with it when I was in high school so it's like of course this is what kids are going to do like you can't expect for your kids to to not when you were probably doing it too or at least tried it or were around people who were doing it it's like it's the same thing it's true so I feel like just be proactive you know yes just, just have conversation and I definitely think that it worked out for the best. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems to be. So, Kiba, we like to ask everyone this question, but what is the stigma surrounding cannabis that you would like to see changed? I would like for it to be considered what it is, and that's medicine. Yes. Um, the fact that it's a drug and, you know, even the name weed, it's like we use that term, but it's like that's really putting a negative like um kind of connotation on it because it's not weed it's mm-hmm. like what do you do with weed you, you know you 
kind of cut the weeds away and throw them, throw them in the trash. So I think that's the biggest uh, part of the stigma that I want to see change is that people truly understand that this is something that is medicinal and that just perfect, you know, mm-hmm. something that is literally coming from the earth that is perfect in its natural form. Yes. Even if you're not smoking the plant, if you just eat the raw plant, right? right. No, yeah. no psychoactiveness to it. Nope. It's doing amazing things in your body. And for people to really understand that, you know, I truly believe that we're supposed to have this in our bodies because we have all these receptors for it. So yeah, we sure do. Um, I think that's the biggest part that I want to see change with the stigma that people truly understand it for what it is. I love that. Yeah, and that's so real. Yeah, you let everyone know too. Yeah, that's we got awesome. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kiva, I think this wraps up today's episode. Um, thanks so much for thank you so much for taking time to to share with us your journey and a little bit about yourself. Is there anything you would like to add before we hop off? Um, I just want to thank you guys again for having me. Um, for anybody listening in, if you are on the fence about it, you want to know more information, I have some free resources. We have a free ebook um, that, you know, just kind of simplifies it, breaks it down a little bit, um, how it's processed in the body and how you can use it for your health and wellness needs. And um, also, of course, the Pretty Women Love Cannabis store, www.pwlc.store. You can find the highest quality um, hemp and CBD products all vetted by me. You know, I stand behind. I try everything out um, on myself and also on my, like, small focus group of people to make sure it's effective. And I also, one of my goals now is to really help other people get into this space. Mm -hmm. So I have a workshop coming up on the 24th where I'm essentially showing people how they can, um, you know, get themselves into a space that's really hard to get into. Um, But I feel like if you can learn how to get into the space virtually, then you can definitely get your foot in the door. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Thanks for doing what you do. Yeah. Thank you. Guys, go give Kiba a follow at at kiba that's k-e-b-a underscore richardson and at pretty women love cannabis underscore on instagram to keep up with her and everything that she is doing kiba thank you again and thank you to our listeners for tuning into another episode and as always brand stay medicated thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com here's a preview of one of our other shows Season 1 of Dope History is now available at DopeHistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.